you hear a knock on the door and open it to find two friendly representatives from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, otherwise known as the Mormon Church. So what will you say? Will you send them away without a Christian witness? Or will you engage them in a meaningful and Christ-honoring conversation? If you desire the latter, may we suggest the book, Answering Mormon's Questions, by Mormonism Research Ministries' Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson. Answering Mormon's Questions is available wherever you find quality Christian books. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Why is it that Americans seem to have a dim view of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. There was an article in the Deseret News, and of course the Deseret News is owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It was an article titled, Perspective. What happens when the religiously illiterate are asked about Latter-day Saints? The subheading to this says, Latter-day Saints are among faith groups that ranked negatively in a recent survey, but it's likely that people are not distinguishing between major faith groups and their controversial offshoots. The article was written by a man named Stephen Cranny, C-R-A-N-N-E-Y, and it was posted on the Deseret News website on February 12, 2023. Now, Mr. Cranny, and I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, if not, I apologize, is a non-resident fellow at Baylor University's Institute for the Studies of Religion, and he also teaches at Catholic University of America. Now, he is a Latter-day Saint. You do see that in this article, which is interesting because Baylor University is a Baptist college, and yet they have a Latter-day Saint teaching there. This is not anything that's new for Baylor, but I'm just giving you the background of, of this gentleman and his credentials. But what I found fascinating in this article is that Mr. Cranny seems to have this major complaint that People don't really know about his church, and he gives some examples as to why this tends to, I don't know, should we use the word irritate him? Because he sounds a little irritated, at least, by some of the things he says. But how does he start off this article, Eric? Several months ago on the Joe Rogan podcast, comedian Whitney Cummings mentioned a documentary she had seen about child abuse perpetuated by Warren Jeffs, leader of the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Let me stop you there, Eric, and just explain. Joe Rogan, of course, is a comedian. He's been a comedian for years, and he has his own podcast. It's quite popular. He has a lot of followers. And this comedian named Whitney Cummings, I'm not too sure on her background, but let me just put them in a category as to why I personally am not all that familiar with these two individuals. I am with Joe Rogan, probably more so than Whitney Cummings, but both of them are are pretty raw in their presentations, if you will. Uh, They're sometimes very vulgar, and they talk about subjects that, as a Christian, 
does not interest me at all. And so that's why I'm, I am not really a fan of either of these individuals. But since they were named in this article, I, I thought it would be best to give you a little bit of a background on who they are. He continues, in the course of the conversation, she asked why we're not all storming Salt Lake City to get these girls out and wondered whether she was going to get a dart in the neck because there is so much fear around the Mormon church. It was clear that she was completely oblivious to the fact that Jeff's offshoot, polygamist, fundamentalist sect, was completely different from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Well, let me stop you there, because I think at this point, Mr. Cranny kind of steps into it here. He steps into it, and, and this is what I mean by that. He's going to point out the fact that, obviously, this Whitney Cummings did not have a, a proper grasp of the differences between his church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and Warren Jeffs, which is the fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The problem that I have with his last statement there that you read, Eric, was when he compares the two, he's criticizing Whitney Cummings because she was completely oblivious to the fact that Jeff's offshoot polygamous, fundamentalist sect was completely different from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is what irritates me. When you say completely different, how do you understand that, Eric? How would you understand that phrase, completely different? Because when we compare the theologies of these two groups— Though they are different in organizational structure, as far as that is concerned, and they do not claim to be a part of the other group, they certainly do share some similarities. That's why when he says completely different, that's not completely accurate. Because they do share a lot of similarities. They both go back to Joseph Smith. They both adhere to Brigham Young. They all venerate John Taylor. Now, when we get into Wilford Woodruff, and because Wilford Woodruff, the fourth president of the church, signed the manifesto, naturally the fundamentalist groups that still believe in polygamy tend to look at Wilford Woodruff as being a kind of a spiritual traitor. But when it comes to their standard works, both groups hold to the Book of Mormon. Both groups hold to the Doctrine and Covenants. Uh, when they come to uh, the Pearl of Great Price and, and the Bible, the King James Version, but they don't accept the official declarations one and two that the LDS Church has regarding the banning of polygamy and the allowing blacks to hold the priesthood. And why is that? It's because the fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints goes back to the times when the church was founded up until around Wilford Woodruff's time, which would be towards the end of the 19th century. That's when they really make that cutoff, even though they were formed after that time period. But when she asked why we're not all storming Salt Lake City to get these girls out, now I would, I would agree that's a pretty ignorant statement. If you knew anything about the FLDS, you would know they're not even based in Salt Lake City. Uh, that would be the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But I, I just found it ironic that we're dealing with a man who was supposed to be an expert in the studies of religion at Baylor University, and to make a comment like that, I think, is part of the problem here. Why do people have dim views of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? I'll tell you, one of my reasons for having a dim view is because I get a little bit tired on how this church portrays itself and sometimes how its members portray their church. Because 
knowing about their theology, you can't say that they are completely different from the fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints when they do, in fact, share some similarities. Not, not everything, of course, but enough to where I think the statement completely different is not accurate. I mean, you can go down the list of doctrines that Mormonism teaches, such as preexistence. Well, Warren Jeffs and his group believe in the preexistence. They believe that God the Father has a body of flesh and bone. Well, so does the FLDS. They believe that Jesus is the firstborn of God the Father in a literal way. Well, so does the FLDS. Salvation, they believe that you can't know for sure in this lifetime that you're going to get the very best this religion has to offer, called the celestial kingdom. So does the FLDS. We could go on and on. So there are more similarities than differences. It's not like saying Islam and Hinduism. Well, I would say those two religions are pretty much completely different, but not the LDS and the FLDS. I think there are more similarities than there are differences. Well, let's add another similarity, the idea of becoming gods in the next life. Both groups adhere to that. And having a living prophet on the face of the earth, both groups believe in that. So I guess we're making the point here that we should be a little bit concerned when this author says that the two groups are completely different, because that's not actually true. Bill, you mentioned that this is an expert in religion, and yet in his very first paragraph, he misspells the name of the FLDS Church. He writes, Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter, hyphen, small d, day, saints. Well, the problem is, they don't spell it with a small d. It's a capital D. Didn't he know that? Well, and you might say, well, gosh, you guys are really nitpicking on this. Well, it's the LDS Church that makes a big deal out of some of these things. It was Russell M. Nelson, for instance, that insisted you have to have the, capital the, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It can't be a little t. And if they're going to make a big deal out of it, well, can we not hold them to somewhat of the same standard? Now, I know having a little d is not a really big deal. I mean, after all these years, Sharon, who proofreads our newsletter before it goes to press, she's always catching me because I fail to do a capital T when it comes to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm, I'm getting better at it, but I still miss it every once in a while. It might be nitpicky, but how many times have we had Latter-day Saints write us and misspell their church's name? Well, he goes on in his article and says this, despite this, at no point in the conversation was there any kind of pushback, correction, or questioning from the host or on-site producer who seemed equally oblivious, which isn't surprising since Rogan also once believed that Jews hold Jesus as a prophet. He attributes that statement to Rogan from an interview that Rogan did with Ben Shapiro, who of course is, is Jewish. But I, I wondered about this paragraph, thinking to myself, is that really an argument? Despite this, at no point in the conversation was there any kind of pushback, correction, or questioning from the host or on-site producer? Couldn't we use that same kind of argument when we listen to General Conference? They say something we know is inaccurate or they misuse a Bible verse. I don't hear any pushback. I certainly don't hear any apostle getting up saying, oh, you know, Prophet Nelson, you misuse this Bible verse. Or Elder Uchtdorf, you misuse this Bible verse. I don't hear pushback from them either. I don't think that's a real fair criticism. They got it wrong, but they're probably all of the same mindset anyway. So why would there be any pushback? 
he goes on and writes, the thing is, it's not just Rogan. A nationally representative survey showed that only one-third of respondents knew that Latter-day Saints can't have more than one wife, while only about half know that members believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, despite Jesus Christ being part of the church's name. Now, here's where you have to know some of the nuances of Mormonism. In this survey, and he's talking about the B.H. Roberts Foundation LDS survey, and in this survey, he's right. Only one-third of those who responded knew that Latter-day Saints can't have more than one wife. But even that's not totally accurate, because they do believe they can have more than one wife in the next life. So while you might hear a Latter-day Saint say, well, we don't believe in polygamy, and that gets brought up in this article later on, the fact is they do believe in polygamy. They just don't practice it now the way they did in the 19th century. And what I mean by that is if you were to have two living wives as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you can be disciplined. By that, I mean you can be excommunicated for that. But it's certainly okay to be sealed to more than one wife with the hope of being married to both of them in the next life. And we know this to be true because Russell M. Nelson, the 17th president of the church, is sealed to two women, as well as Dallin Oaks, who's a member of the first presidency. He's also sealed to two women. Both have every hope of being married to both women after they die. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.